welcome to the SAP HCM Insights Podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, the Managing Partner at Insight Consulting Partners, here with the podcast team to talk about recruitment, you know, all that's new in SuccessFactors recruiting, um, and also maybe talk about the trends, you know, what, what do we see as the trends and things coming up in the future to look for. Um, so with me today, I have Amy Grubb and Sven Ringling and uh, Mark Ingram. Hi, guys. Hey, Steve. Um, so yeah, so recruiting is uh, one of those topics that has changed a lot, and I think success factors is is changing a lot with it too. Um, and I think Amy, let, let's start with you, since um, you've just written a book or co-written a book on recruiting. Um, what you know, tell us first of all, tell us about that book, and then uh, maybe we can talk about what's uh, new with recruiting. Okay, great. Well, thanks for that plug. I appreciate it. Sure. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, Kim Leslie and myself just uh, published a book through SAP Press on uh, recruiting and onboarding within Success Factors. Uh, it's very large, a lot, lot of information in there, and uh, it was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So I was glad to have that. Um, glad to have that over and out there um, available for for sale, which is great. Um, so you know what's I would say what's new in recruiting. First of all, recruiting has been um, one of the hottest modules of success factors for, gosh, a couple of years now, and it just it remains so. And I think that it will continue to uh, remain a very um, popular module uh, for companies to implement. And you know, with things like SAP adding in um, the recruiting posting offering. Um, if customers aren't familiar with that, that is a really fantastic, I think, a really fantastic add to the product. Are, are you talking about um, the, the multi-posting that came out? What just Multi-posting. Yeah. Yep. That was pretty recent. Yep. And it's it's now, yeah, it, the, I think the acquisition was uh, uh, last year, but, you know, the integration is now um, complete. Mm-hmm with uh, recruiting and the interface is, um, is really sleek. And it really, you know, if you're a global company, it offers you over 4,000 different job board posting options that are available to you wow. right from within the, um, you know, the, the success factors posting page. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's a really um, value added offering that SAP has made. Um, it's very popular with, I have several customers that um, are moving forward with it. And, you know, if that's something that customers who are listening uh, are interested in, they should definitely um, follow up on that. So, you know, that's new. Um, I think, you know, um, finally, SAP has made um, foundation objects available in recruiting, mm -hmm. finally. So for those employee central customers, you know, we can actually reference um, the division department and location foundation objects from Employee Central in our requisitions. Mm -hmm. uh, that was much needed. Uh, that was always a fun conversation explaining to customers why we have to do different fields yeah, <laughs> on our Employee yeah. Central foundation tables. Yeah, where's the integration, <laughs> right? So now it's there. That's exactly, good. exactly. It's like, yeah. well, I understand it's supposed to be an integrated solution, but no, so that's there, which is, was also much needed. Uh, oh, and then just, you know, uh, we're starting to see the the uh, use of uh, MDF in uh -huh, recruiting. Yeah. And that, that I think, will, you know, that obviously will continue to be 
um, built out over the coming releases. Mm -hmm. So those are the highlights that jump out at me yeah. in terms of what's new with recruiting. And Sven, I don't know if you have any any others that you want to or add on to any of mine, but. Um, well, yeah, I think there are a couple of, of trends um, that uh, customers will like. And one of them is that I think in, in recruiting marketing, they, they continue uh, the trend to make customers less dependent on sub-professional services in the uh, advanced analytics. So it seems that over the, this and the next few uh, updates, the analytics should be implementable uh, by partners with uh, much less intervention from uh, professional services. And I, I think there's also more available for the customer directly. So what they started with the career site builder on, on the actual career page is now continued on the analytics part. I haven't seen that yet, but I'm really looking forward to. Um, then uh, the yeah the 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 templates uh, which used to be done on XML um, they are more and more uh, touchable by admin center. I mean they have been in the past, but there's always some things that don't work. And I think the last updates, it, it just got a bit easier uh, to change them in admin center, just taking forward this idea that customers are more self-reliant if they choose so. I think that the MDF strategy is probably going towards the same direction, it just allows customers to do more. And then in Q3, we also had uh, business rules made available for recruiting. At the moment, this is limited to the requisition template and to the offer template. Um, but so customers obviously would like to have it on the application and the candidate profile too, but it's definitely a good start uh, and allows customers or partners um, to make the system more user-friendly. Mm -hmm. So Mark, what trends are you seeing in, in the recruiting uh, marketplace and recruiting implementations with your customers now? Yeah, I think that the, the recruiting implementations are, are really driven and the changes in how the implementations are working are really driven by the opportunities that are afforded by pushing things at once. If you if you consider like layers of an onion and, and having access to administrative functions, you know, it, you know, it's going from the operation side and success factors to professional services and finally enabled so that it's, um, it can, it's accessible to recruiters. So things that used to be only accessible by uh, professional services, for example, you know, the form templates for requisitions and so on uh, can now be managed by, um, by people, admins in the in the client side, mm -hmm. um, in the admin center, um, things that used to be um, had to be done by SAP, um, like implementing advanced analytics, will be able to be implemented by um, consultants, including partners as well as SAP. Um, and this is just a this kind of trend of um, I'd say it's self service and uh, you know. Um, being able to depend on yourself as a yeah. as a consultant or a customer, it's heading that direction. And the other, and it's not it's not just from an implementation point of view. Mm -hmm. I think in in terms of um, you know extensibility, you know they're opening up so that hey, we don't have it, you can build it, or somebody's built it better. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so, you know, I'm sure, you know, Emmy, Emmy, uh, Emmy was was pro- and Sven were talking about APIs, and the, every single quarter when they do a release, success factors have success, uh, consistently opened up more and more um, APIs. Um, taking into consideration access to different objects, simplified APIs. Um, they'll be adding, um, you know, API functionality around sensitive information as well and protecting. Yeah. I know we're going we're gonna to do a session on GDPR, but, you know, things like that. And um, I think it's just, a, it's just a general movement. I mean, just to check a few things off on the, the self-sufficiency, you know, we've got the, the ability to introduce a metadata framework up object into recruiting you know like uh, locations of attributes apartments and so on mm-hmm. um we've got the the career site builder which is you know being available for a while but recruiters and um you know career site admins can can access that using single sign-on mm-hmm. oh um i mean that's yeah. a lot of change right there I mean, so i mean so yeah what do you do i mean what's your advice then for a customer who's had recruiting go on for a year or two or three I mean, they, they don't have these things now, right? So they probably had some custom fields, some workarounds, some, you know, both technically and some process workarounds. Sure. I mean, what should they do? I mean, it, it seems like it would be great for them to take advantage of this, but gosh, where do you, where do you start? Yeah, well, you know. Start by I, calling Mark, I, right? <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think you should, you should. You know, I don't think we, I don't think we want to add, um, assign a cost to everything in terms of of getting improvements to your to your installation. Mm-hmm. I think one th- thir- first thing, of course, is look at you know since you went live, what, you know what are the quarterly releases? That's something you don't have to pay to look at. You can look at yeah. hey, what are the useful things that I really guarantee that there will be things that um, that. Uh, will have improved that you're going to get some benefit from everybody can benefit from the quarterly releases um, some of the things you know you would need a consultant or SAP to activate that in provisioning right. but some of the things are not some of the things are upgrade center and some of the things are actually just adding a, you know clicking a checkbox in role-based permissions so for example the q3 release of the new background um, background check center in admin tools that's just a permission mm-hmm. so i think that there's a lot of so there's a lot of things that you can switch on yourself just mm-hmm. for example for role-based permissions but of course the other side of it is understanding how those tools work if they're a complicated tool um mm-hmm. like you know background check the process itself is kind of complicated before you get into sure. vendors and, that, and adding the functionality but there's you know there's simple things you can you can activate as as well mm-hmm. i think I think one thing is, if you're looking at your general resource planning, you know, consultants aside, inside your organization, you know, who is responsible, you know, initiative being done in the initial implementation anyway, you know, who's who's responsible? You know, you've got different layers of of um, of admin. You've got, you know, recruiting admins and they're maintaining offer letters and templates and, and uh, email templates and things. And then you've got the, hey, um, I've got a more IT-focused person but, but, you know, they're able to um, change pick lists, um, maybe set up a new background check vendor and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And then, you know, once you introduce the, the, the awesome other modules like, uh, you know, recruiting marketing, recruiting posting, you've got this new huge area of opportunity in terms of branding. Mm-hmm. But this is some, you know, 
our HR is used to being from a from a transactional background, mm-hmm. but now yeah. you know you've got hey you can you can you really need to think about your organization and, and the branding and talk to all the different constituents about mm-hmm. you know recruiting marketing. How do you want to represent yourself? Is our is our branding changing and keep it fresh and up to date on your career site? So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of going off topic a bit, but I'm just saying you know every every opportunity you get from rolling out functionality that can be done on a customer side is also additional resources needed on the customer side and it's additional responsibility right yeah yeah for sure that's i think that's one side of these uh you know of of cloud implementations that maybe some customers might be a little shocked with at first because well at least my experience anyway a lot of customers in hr um, have relied on their it group to do things for them for so long that um, it's it's a little bit of a shock to them at first you know that they can go do these things themselves and they really should go do these things themselves um, but it's a, it's a it's a competency that they have to build up for sure right yeah i mean it just sounds like there's a, a, a lot of good change here for customers and um yeah so i mean you know maybe it's a matter of looking at you know what are the pain points that they have you know if they had some workarounds in their implementation you know what's new that can help them resolve those workarounds i still think they should call mark i think that would be a good deal (laughs) i won't won't say no (laughs) (laughs) well i honestly though i think i think some people some customers like like you were saying they have those internal uh, uh, i guess subject matter experts who would know where to look and what to do and and other customers don't you know they rely more on um you know resources that they can bring in with some expertise to get them started so yep they're all everyone's different yeah i mean i think you know if you look inside your organization the the relationships between it and your recruiting core members of a project team you know they, they still exist and that can be that can be leveraged for looking at you know what can be done with a current release you know and that's that's pretty common that um you know, you've got people in general doing recruiting and the people who designed the system or co-designed it um, along with IT and consultants. And then, you know, the uh, the marketing and the branding side, uh, I think that the opportunities for that to bring people outside of HR to help with that is pretty huge. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, you, you said earlier that recruitment recruiting has been one of the hottest modules lately. I'm just curious. I mean, do you have any mm-hmm. insights on on why that is? I, I know that companies <clears throat> tend to change recruiting systems more often than other pieces of their HR technology. I guess uh, maybe there's just more innovation there or not. But I'm just curious. What is it that is is driving the popularity? Well, in my experience with the customers that I talk to, I think it's really they're really driving to have an integrated platform. Mm for, you know, HIRS and talent management. And so, uh, you know, it just makes sense from um, the perspective of the other success factors modules that they may have in place uh, Mm -hmm. or that they're planning to put in place um, with that, you know, the built-in integration with, you know, Employee Central to recruiting to onboarding back to Employee Central. um, That whole um, life cycle has gotten much more um, seamless, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, still, still some things to you know, a few little things that uh, you have to finagle when you're implementing. But um, you know, I think just as it just as popular as recruiting is is the onboarding module, which seems to be a solution that um, a lot of customers don't mm-hmm. 
have a system for. Mm -hmm. So um, if they're going to do recruiting or they want to do onboarding, it just makes sense those two go together. Yeah. I'm seeing that, so, you know, uh, doing a lot of recruiting and onboarding together um, with or without Employee Central. And I think just, you know, it's a recognition by customers in the market that, you know, the SAP solution um, has come a long way and was, will continue to go a long way uh, with the power of SAP, you know, driving the development um, of the solution. That's a hard, it's a hard argument to, um, you know, to debate against. Um, is, I think we can all attest to uh, how far the, the entire suite has come in a very short period of time mm -hmm. since the acquisition, you know, in the last five years. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's my perspective. Sven, I don't know what you're seeing in Europe um, if recruiting is, is really popular as it is here in the States, but um, I'd be interested in, in your perspective as well. Um, I've, uh, it's interesting. I think in a lot of European countries, in the let's say the slower countries on the continent um, recruiting is quite often the first step into the cloud so mm -hmm. we see a lot of customers um, for instance in germany now asking for recruiting as their first success factors mm -hmm. module mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's performance and goals that, that uh, mm -hmm. kicks it off then it's usually really a burning platform where they need something urgently but if they can choose, it seems to be recruiting because it's a little bit more detached from everything else. It's not really employee data, it's mm -hmm. just candidate data. So it seems like a safe step um, and a, a manageable integration to their on-premise solution in a, in a hybrid model. Mm -hmm. So for the cautious customers, that seems to be a really good first step to, to go into it. And we still see this happening a lot at the moment. I would say same in the States is recruiting is often yeah. um, kind of a customer's first entry into success factors. Um, I also think part of, I'm, I'm also seeing um, much, much more recruiting marketing sold. And I think that's due um, in large part to how SAP is selling it, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but also because of career site builder and that it is much less costly and much less effort involved to, you know, to build the career site out in Career Site Builder. And customers who, per, you know, previously were perhaps um, that was cost prohibitive for them to have recruiting marketing uh, are, are diving in there because, um, you know, first of all, they can get a really um, beautiful, uh, you know, external facing career site. They get the mobile apply capability uh, which is huge, uh, you know, in, in researching, doing my research for the book, um, I, I was staggered by the numbers, uh, the drop-off rates for, um, you know, companies that don't have a, a mobile apply option. Like, hmm. I think it's in the, like, the high 70% of candidates uh, search and apply for jobs on a mobile device mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. And so not having a mobile apply option really hurts you in competing for top talent. And I think it says something to candidates about the company as well, an unintended message. If you don't have a mobile apply option in today's, you know, mobile uh, activated, mobile supported environment mm -hmm. and world that we live in. So um, I think that, um, and, and then there's all of the, the amazing analytics 
that you get in recruiting marketing uh, to really see where your candidates are coming from and how you're spending your recruiting dollars and, and all of that. So um, it is, it's definitely a great um, place to start. And, you know, it's a success factors journey. And, um, you know, I'm sure Mark can um, provide some uh, anecdotal or, you know, input on that as well as to what he's seeing from his customers. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it will continue to, you know, I mean, we're all companies are just, you know, whether or not you agree with whether or not there's a war on talent, um, companies are competing, right, yeah. for, for candidates. And so just equipping yourselves with the, the latest and greatest tools just ups your chances of getting, getting that good talent that's out there. So I think it will continue to be a very hot property um, for some time to come. Yeah, and, and I think the mobile makes a difference. You know, my two older sons graduated from college recently, and of course, you know, they've been applying for jobs all over the place and doing, you know, job fairs and whatnot. But, um, you know, I, for them, being able to do all of that on their mobile device, it's an advantage because they do so much more on their mobile devices today that they don't do near as much on their laptop. So, you know, right. if, if I'm applying to a company on my phone and then I get this site that's not mobile friendly and it's like, oh, great. Okay, now I've, I've got to go to my laptop and fire that up and get that going and come back and, and finish this or do it. And, you know, that's kind of a hassle. Maybe maybe I forget or um, maybe it changes my my image or of the company. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, this mobile, as far as getting those first impressions and first interactions with people, I think it's a huge deal. It's a huge, you know, you know, some companies maybe that are more, you know, old line manufacturing might not have as much of a concern with that. But, um, you know, I think it's getting to be more and more of a baseline requirement, which I'm fine with. I think that's great. Yeah, agree. And I, I don't even think that some industries where maybe the, the board believes mobile is not that important because they're not a tech company. That doesn't mean that their candidates are not uh, very affinitive to, to mobile. And on the mobile, we had a, a very interesting experience earlier in the year. Um, I was just playing around really with one colleague and the startup company from Berlin who built, uh, who built uh, bots, mm. chatbots. And we connected this with uh, Success factors RCM, so you could go through Facebook Messenger and apply, search and apply for a job, and put a little video out there. And the response we got on that was amazing. So many people asking, "How does mm -hmm. this work?" And whether it's customers, whether it's consultant, and also from SAP, they they liked it a lot because they see that a chatbot is just really very very mobile friendly. Mm -hmm. um, I say a, a typical career site is mobile enabled and, and a chat that's born mobile. It's just a different category and ease of use. And I think that's where, where the openness of the success factors platform really helps. It's really not rocket science once you know which APIs to use, how to, to design the process. It's quite easy to integrate third party uh, solutions, whether that's chatbots or maybe other. Uh, fancy products mm -hmm. out there and I like this a lot I was surprised that it wasn't actually that big a deal to get it working 
Well, that's nice. But from a consulting perspective, you know, Sven, you, you need to say it's a it's a huge deal. You need Sven to come in, do the consulting for you because it's <laughs> kind of tricky, right? <laughs> it's very complicated. Very complicated. No, but it's good It's good to hear that. You know, it was easy, that's, right? It, it, and that's the way technology yeah. should be these days. We should focus on solving the business problems, not, you know, all the details and, you know, the ins and outs of the technology so much. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that's also something that's new is, um, and I think customers will see this more and more, are the ancillary apps mm -hmm. that will connect on to SuccessFactor. So, you know, just, I was already um, aligned with a company that has improved, has a tool that improves the offer letter capability in SuccessFactors because, you know, the offer letters, uh, it's okay. I, it's, I think it's something that customers always mm -hmm. struggle with. Um, but, you know, I've just in the last, um, three months gotten aligned with a company that is, uh, has developed a bot that will schedule, do the interview scheduling. Mm. So you don't even have to do the online interview scheduling within success factors. It, it takes care of it for you and will communicate with your candidates via email to get all of that scheduled. And it integrates with your, um, outlook and with Google mail. Um, and then another, um, a uh, new company that's developing an app that will is kind of like a uh, an add-on to the candidate search. So I think that to Sven's point about the open APIs, you're going to see more and more of these um, value add, hopefully value add um, apps and ancillary um, products that that customers can add on to their recruiting management um, or e even just their recruiting landscape and. Um, get much, much more out of uh, what's already there. Yeah. So I would look to see more of that in the future. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds nice. Yeah. So Amy, I want to get back to something that you mentioned earlier. Um, you talked about the integration with the foundation objects now. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, so obviously everyone who's done any recruiting implementations prior to now, they've had to do some workarounds for that. So yes. Um, what would you say to customers? I mean, should should changing their system configuration to integrate with the foundation objects be a priority for them? Is there some value to that? Or is it just sort of, you know, if you've done it without the foundation object integration and everything's working, don't worry about it, no need to change now. Is it something, that just, is it something they should be looking at? Um, so personally, I think if a customer has Employee Central, um, you know, deployed, um, that they definitely should look to um, convert over to the foundation objects on their requisitions, uh, mainly because, you know, that way, it, that information is always, um, you, you don't have to worry about information being in sync uh, mm -hmm. or being out of sync, right? It's not two processes. If changes are made in your foundation objects, those are immediately going to be reflected in recruiting and you don't even have to think about it. So from a data integrity perspective, um, it's it's important and it's really not that much. I mean, you do need to think through kind of a conversion strategy and how that's mm -hmm. going to impact your reporting. But um, it's not, you know, it's I'm not it's it's very complex. No, it's not very complex. <laughs> I mean, you, you do need to think through it yeah. and how you're going to approach it. But um, it's and, you know, in terms of is it a priority? Um, that's going to be different for each customer. But I think it definitely should be on the, the roadmap for, um, you know, enhancements that they want to um, work into their landscape. 
just mm-hmm. just from a data integrity perspective. And I, you know, I have numerous customers that put in quite a bit of, um, you know, administrative effort to keep their pick lists and things up to date. Um, that they they won't have to do that anymore. Th- those that time that effort can be redeployed in other more strategic um, ways within the system. Mm-hmm. So I I personally think it's very important, um, mm-hmm. and and should be um, put on the roadmap for all employee central customers that haven't done it. Yep. Well, that's what I would think too. But um, you wrote the book, so that's why uh- yeah. <laughs> your your opinion counts more than mine. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, but so Mark, I'm I'm curious. You know, in the implement, implementations you've done, can you think of some things now that now that you have you know um, integration with foundation objects and you have MDF available in recruiting, where you would have leveraged that instead of doing some workarounds or some other custom custom things? So, so one example is. Um automatically driving the recruiting process you know when if we go back to on-premise you know you've the customer asks for something and as long as it's reasonable and not just doing something because they have an old process and it's something you can accommodate with uh, with the on-premise world and i'm um, just having this you know a lot of recruiting decisions don't need to be taken by a recruiter they can be automated based upon attributes of the requisition and requirements and and of the and of the applicant right so I think sure. yeah. that things like um, intelligent services, mm-hmm. by the by virtue of change of changing where the applicant is in the pipeline, I think in the future that's gonna that's gonna change workarounds that I'm doing now to do with um, you know using middleware to constantly look at the database to see what's changed. I think then that, yeah that that can be much more efficient and a, and something that's real time as well. Well, that'll be cool when intelligent services comes out. I it, it's. Is there anything in recruiting now with intelligent services, or is that? Um, um, yeah, there's um, there's some on application changes, okay. and, and then also on uh, things that like uh, leave of absence um, for changing things as well. So it, it started off on the um, on the more side of a generic side, things like leave of absence, and I think there'll be a lot more in the future, and that that can also drive cool integrations as well. Yeah, sounds like fun. Yep. Yeah. I think I think as well as that, um, some of the definitely for business rules engine. Um, in the past, we've had well, why can't it? You know, for example, you know, if if um, if I want to choose a peer band, and based upon that, you know, my offer has to be in certain ranges and things like that, or you know, based upon a, a, a job grade, um, I get a relocation package or I don't. Things like that. Um, that, are, that in the past were like, well, just gonna have to check check things over and or, or have a have a process around it. Yeah. Um, these these can be enforced or defaulted, and these are things that from an you know we're both from an on-premise background originally, right? And um, you know from an on-premise point of view, like going to the cloud, there are a lot of things you have to give up in terms of having that degree of control over your your user interactions, right? Mm-hmm. And these are these are things that are creeping their way back in, which is awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, it, to me, it sounds like, um, you know, those things you mentioned sound like just things that make sense, right? Yeah, so, sure. Um, and, and that's the nice thing with cloud software. It's, it's, it's only going to be in there if it makes sense for uh, a large, you know, portion of the user community. So yeah. that's a good thing. All right. Thanks for listening to another SAP HCM Insights podcast. You can find more information on this podcast and all the others at our website, 
insightcp.com insights. Connect with us there or on our SAP HCM Insights LinkedIn page and let us know what you'd like to hear. In future podcasts, leave us any other questions or feedback too. I'm Steve Bogner, and I look forward to presenting another podcast for you soon.